0: back there this morning and there they go just walk toward the big purple banner and you'll find your way toward the back hallway wow we're rolling how about baptism sunday how about it (laughs) baptism sunday was was unbelievable to me i mean it was just so such a blessing and 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 All the certificates went out to those that got baptized, and if if I missed you, let me know, and I'll get you a certificate saying that you were baptized on such and such a day. But uh, we will be doing that with regularity. I'm going to try at least once a quarter, unless I get a a suggestion or a request uh, before that, and someone says, I really need to be baptized, we'll fill that thing up. We might even heat it for you. Um, (laughs) Every quarter we'll heat it, but you come... You come at me uh, on a Sunday morning and you're not going to get heat. But we'll try to fill it. But we'll get a little advance notice if we can. And uh, we'll baptize you um, in the name of the Lord. And um, we're going to offer some more things around baptism in the days ahead. So be looking for that as well. Um, but what a blessing it was last week, and what a, what a special time for those that were baptized. And it was, a, it, was a, it was a true blessing. And I've heard from people all around this district that what a, wonderful, uh, what a wonderful sacrament we had happen, and what a wonderful service we had last week because of God's Holy Spirit moving in this place. It was amazing. And don't just sign up for baptism for the free t-shirt. You want a t-shirt, I'll get you a t-shirt. <laughs> you ready to hear from the Word today? I'm ready to preach it. So who clapped? Oh, no. oh I love it. <laughs> I do love it. Uh, it. You know what, if you're able this morning, I'm going to ask, I know we've been standing a lot, but I'm going to ask that you stand this morning in honor of God's word. I don't do it every week, but I think, um, you know, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm pressed by the Holy Spirit to have us do that, uh, we, will, we will stand to our feet in honor of his word. And what I'd like to do today, I'd like to talk to you, you know, those of you that know know that you're created by God to do something in this world. You know, we go through membership class, and, and I always tell people in membership class that we're going to... Uh, we're going, membership calls you into something deeper, right? You're no longer just sitting in the wings and sitting in the, on the sidelines. Membership class actually um, calls you out to be active and doing something and helping somewhere. And then, my goodness, then baptism, right? You get baptized. You say, you know what? I'm, I'm taking the next step in my faith, to be baptized and you get baptized in the name of Jesus and you come up out of that water and your old self is gone and the new has come and we celebrate that. But then you know what? There's that, there's that now what sort of feeling, right? There's that, okay, maybe you've gone through membership class and awesome, we receive, you give certificates and sorry we don't have t-shirts for new members, maybe we'll work on that. But you line up and we welcome you into the, to the church of God, right? Not only the church of Nazarene. But then you get baptized and the same thing, like what's the next step? And I want, I want you to know that this morning, God is calling you to something. God is calling you to something meaningful, something significant, something eternal, something that matters. And many of you, I know, sense that it's something big, something is stirring inside you, and, and you know that something is about to happen, and you just don't know what. What is God calling me to do? How, is the, how does He call me? What, what does that all mean? And you're not exactly sure, and you're not exactly sure where to start. Well, I want to share with you a couple of verses this morning, and I will start with this one in Ephesians chapter 4. If you're able to turn there while we stand, it'll be on the screen. But as we stand and we read God's Word together, I want you to know that uh, some of this will land in your spirit this morning. And it will build your faith, and it, you will know that you are uniquely created by God for His glory and called to make a difference in this world. Ephesians chapter 4, we will read. Therefore, I, this is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote this from a Roman prison, uh, probably around the year 61 AD or so, and he says this Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you. Do you feel that emotion that Paul's trying? I beg you. I plead with you. To lead a life worthy of your calling. Let's say the yellow highlighted word together when we get there. For you have been called by God. He says, I plead with you to live a life. This one life that you've been given. Worthy of the calling that you have from our God. Think about that. He begs you. He begs you. So for a moment this morning, I'd like to talk just a little bit about how we've been called by God. Elbow your neighbor and say, you've been called by God. Just tell him. Oh, I love you guys' participation. You've been called by God. Type it in online. I've been called by God. And if for a moment this morning this resonates within your spirit because you sense that you were created for a reason, for calling, a purpose, a divine destiny, if you will, because you know no matter what you achieve in this world, no matter what you obtain in this world, you long for more than just worldly success. There's something in you that craves this spiritual and lasting significance. So the title of today's message is called, how will you answer? You may be seated. Father, we pray by the power of your word and the presence of your spirit this morning, God, that you would stir up in your church somehow to sense your divine calling, God, in all of us, in your church, as your church, God, let us make you known to this world by what you've called us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We live in this culture, this culture of instafluence, right? We sort of have instafluence. Where you can kind of become TikTok famous, you can become, you know, you could work on your moves, and I'm being helped by my daughters, hopefully, or being embarrassed. One of the two... But in an age where people seem to be obsessed with things like building their own personal brand, or becoming uh, good at a certain side hustle, or, or making a name, or becoming an influencer, as I often say, there's so many people that are famous for nothing these days. They're famous for being famous. But what I'd like to do this morning is attempt to reclaim this sacred language of calling. Calling. What does it mean to be called by God so the root of this word for calling is honestly one of the most significant and important words in the New Testament. The root word is in this in Greek for calling is kaleo. Kaleo. To call. To call. And it's the root word of so many other words that are used throughout the New Testament. And it simply means to call. Some of the other words, I'll just show you a few of them this morning. A few of them. Uh, klesis means calling. Kletos, which means called. Paraclete, have you ever heard that one? Paraclete means the comforter. It's a word that, that, that describes the Holy Spirit. The paracletos, which means the advocate or the intercessor, or a calling of someone to be an advocate or an intercessor. And then there's ecclesia. Ecclesia means the gathering of believers, the church. We're ecclesiastical. We're, we're, it's the gathering of believers. Ek means out of. And mean is that, is that kaleo. So we see ek out of and klesia. We're called out of the world. We're called not to go into a building, but we're called to go out into the world. We are called. The gathering of believers. The ecclesia. It's the calling of the gathering of believers, if you will. Or the calling out into the world of the church. Ecclesia. So when you think about this and you really own it, you recognize that you've been genuinely set apart by God. Chosen by God. Gifted by God. And called by Him to make a difference. And it puts that, knowing that, you know, that's kind of heavy, right? We're, we're, like your phone rings and, God, and it's God, right? Like that kind of makes your day-to-day a little bit heavy. Wow. Yeah. A little bit like, okay, uh, because if you miss that call, you receive the you missed a call, what if that one says God? You missed the call from God. You think, oh, no, oh, no. What if I miss my calling? In other words, what if, what if I'm supposed to major in this? In college, but now I'm on online college and I don't really know what direction and I might have missed it. Or what if I choose the wrong career? Did I miss it? What if I I went to the wrong church and I didn't hear the right message and which didn't spur me on to do the right thing and I missed it? What if I missed my call? What if I missed my calling? What if I what if I was on my way somewhere and I take a wrong turn and then the train comes and it slows me down? Did I miss something? Did I miss my call? What if it's specifically if I'm called by God, what am I called to do? It must be something big, it must be something important. I mean, God has me on this earth for something, right? What we really need to understand, and if you're a note taker, you might jot this down. If you're not much of a note taker, you should probably write this down. We have to embrace the truth, church, that calling is about who you are before it's about what you do. When God calls you. He's calling you to a what? Before he calls you to a do. This is so crazy important. This one statement is so important. In, in your search for what is God calling me for. He, first of all he's calling a who before a do. The apostle Paul again tells us in 2 Timothy one nine. He says this. He says, for God saved us and called us. Let me tell you what he didn't say. He didn't say, for God saved you and called you to be a missionary to Africa. He might, but that's not what Paul said. He didn't say he called you to be a second grade teacher. He did not even say he called you to be a professional fisherman. How cool would it be to get paid to fish? Paul didn't say, Paul didn't say you're called to a task or a job. What he did say is this. He said, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. It's a who before a do. He called us to live a holy life. He called us to be a who before we do. God did this not because we deserved it, it goes on to say, but because this was His plan from before the beginning of time, to show us His grace through Christ Jesus. God called you to live a holy life. In other words, calling is as much as about who you're becoming as it is about what you're doing. You're called to be Holy. The Greek word there is hagios. Hagios. It means to be set apart. To be different. In other words, as you follow Jesus, you don't look like the world looks. You don't act like the world looks acts. You don't think like the world thinks. You don't behave like the world behaves. You are called to live a holy life. You're not driven by the things that other people are driven by. Because you've been hagios, You've been called out, separated. You've been set apart by God, by Jesus Himself. Infused with, now how do I live a holy life? You're infused with the Holy Spirit to live out a holy life. When you look at Scripture, it's interesting to me that the Bible never talks about your calling into a career. Never. The Bible talks about your calling to become like Jesus. Lord, what am I supposed to do? What what are you calling me to do? He says, hold on. First, I'm calling you to be something. It's a who before it's a do. So when you recognize you're called by God, a better question than starting with what am I called to do is who am I called to become? Who is it that God wants me to become? Who is it that God wants me to be? Because if calling is is only about a do then it's it's going to get really confusing. I'll unpack this for you this morning just a little. I, I would love for you to participate in a little bit of this sermon this morning. As I say, it's not often a monologue, it's a dialogue, occasionally. How many of you might suggest that God has called me to preach the gospel? Right? Show of hands. How many would you agree that God has called me to preach the gospel? Now, not everybody raised your hands, and that hurts my feelings, but that's okay, I'll get over it it's not a cr- trick question what I'm trying to do is, is is to say that you might say you're called to preach the gospel here's the problem I'm I'm called by God right if God calls which he does he's called me and if I'm called to preach the gospel I'm also called to be a husband to Brenda so would you agree I'm I'm called to be your husband right So, for example, let's say Brenda and I have a constructive discussion. That's preacher talk for maybe a slight disagreement. Let's say we have a a constructive discussion, and at the end of it, right, I'm called to preach the gospel. At the end of it, I say, okay, so if you need to repent of your sins, would you just raise your hand this morning after we have this discussion? And I say to Brenda, honey, could you just raise your hand if you need to be saved this morning? Um, right now on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If I say that on the count of three, I might, I might be repenting of my sins real soon and calling on Jesus. Because that approach isn't going to be effective. So." It gets confusing because it's a different setting. It's a different calling. And God, what are you calling me to do? So if I'm called to be a preacher and I'm also called to be a husband, it gets, okay, what are you calling me to, God? You think it's this big, grandiose, what has God called me to do? He's called you to be something more than He's called you to do something, is my point. In fact, you know, we've been... We've been married almost 26 years, 25 years last year, almost 26. And and if we have a constructive discussion, we tend to work through that and get through that. And we also have two kids. And these children call me dad. And I'm called to be a pastor. I'm called to be a husband. And I'm called to be a dad to my children. So I'm still the same one person. And yet I've got different expressions of calling by God what i hope you'll recognize through all of that this morning in your own life is that who you are is way 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 more important than starting with what you do in other words if i'm called to be yes a preacher and i and i'm not living a, a life a holy life and i'm not fulfilling my calling and if I'm not loving my wife and yet I'm really successful in some other avenue, I'm still not fulfilling my calling and, and I might be lacking in some area in my life, and, and, but it's still my calling and it gets confusing. I could be a good preacher and work really, really hard and preach a message that you might like and that you might influence your life, but if I'm neglecting my family, I'm not fulfilling my calling. Because it's not a calling of what I do, it's a calling of who I am. Are you tracking with me? Good. Let me tell you something that a calling isn't. A calling, God's calling, isn't about something important you do in the future. God's calling is about your faithfulness to Jesus today. Let me read that again. Calling isn't about something important that you do in your future. Calling is about your faithfulness to Jesus today. The Apostle Paul shares with us something that really hits home to me, ministers to me in every moment of every day. Let this verse sink in. He says this in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whether it's in word or deed, if you're going to enjoy something that's difficult, something that is right in your sweet spot, or it's something that is really, really frustrating, whatever you do, he says do it, All in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Whatever you do. So remember, calling isn't about the specific, unique do for you. It starts with the who. And when you're holy and set apart for God, then whatever you do, He says, do it for the Lord. Whatever you do. Let me show you an example in Scripture and this to me is not only powerful, but it's potentially really, really funny. Did you know there's some funny moments in, in, throughout Scripture? It's not all kind of stoic and let's read this. It's, there's some funny moments in Scripture. One of them is in Mark chapter 10. The other one's immediately following in Mark 11. But in Mark 10, there's two brothers, James and John. And they're going to go ask Jesus for a little favor. And they said, Jesus, give us some favor. Essentially what they say is, hey, one day, Jesus, when you're sitting on your throne, Jesus, when you're in heaven and you're reigning and ruling, can one of us sit on your right and one of us sit on your left? Can we be like your boys? Can we flank you on either side so that one can sit right with you? Can, Can you do that for us? Can one sit on your right and one on your left? We want to kind of be important, Jesus. We want to be sort of looked at as, you know, you've kind of called us to something, you know, where, where we can sit right next to you. And Jesus looks on and He gives them this little message. He says, hey, if you want to be a leader, first you've got to be a servant. He says, if you want to be really important, if you want to be first, the first thing you need to do is you need to actually be last. And He's given them this little lesson. And He says, it's not just about visibility. You need to have a heart of a servant jesus would say that he didn't come to be served but to serve it's not about who it's not about where you're positioned it's about who you are boys and he gives them this lesson and that's mark 10 right two brothers james and john the very next chapter jesus and his disciples they were approaching jerusalem we just talked about this on palm sunday Mark chapter 11, Jesus and his disciples are approaching for the, the most famous moment in that time at, that had been up until that time. When Jesus comes into Jerusalem, we call it the triumphal entry. And Jesus comes riding in. Remember the palm branches and Hosanna and everything. They're preparing the way. And he comes right. He's ready to come riding in and he's preparing to give his life this is like we talk about palm sunday and that's holy week like the introduction right here this is the moment the beginning of the end for jesus and his earthly life here walking around among his disciples this is the moment and the disciples are walking in. I can imagine they're probably, you know, very, very much full of themselves and beside themselves. I don't know if you've ever been with someone that you deem important. And you get to walk into a room or you walk in with them somewhere. And you walk in with them. You're like, yeah, all right, cool. We're with him, right? By the way, they know me. He knows me. And I, by the way, we know each other. By the way, I know him. He knows me, right? We all can kind of get that way, right? We, you know, right? You ever know somebody a little bit famous? And you kind of like associated like, huh, they they liked my like of the like of the like of the tweet. Look at that. They know who I am. Hey, if your pastor could brag a little bit. Last night I got an email from Sid Bream. Yeah, Sid Bream, the baseball player. Hey, Ryan Stevenson asked me to text you or to email you about speaking at such and such. We'll talk this week. I'm like, hey, by the way everyone, Sid Bream. So he's walking in with his disciples and they're flanked and they're like, we're with Him. So they walk in and, and they're, they, they, they're with Jesus. And Jesus is with them. And, and it's just because of who they're with. They're coming into town with Jesus, the Son of God. They're walking in. And that that moment in the triumphal entry... You know, they're like, we left so much to be here in this moment. And this is the big moment as we go in. In Mark chapter 11, verse 1, as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town, from the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two of them on ahead. They're like, we are with Jesus, man. We are. He called us. And I wonder if it's the same too that he just gave the little lesson to. But they go walking in, they're like, Yeah, this is us, right? Jesus wants us to go on ahead. What's interesting that Mark doesn't tell us which two, but I, I got to believe that it was the two that Jesus asked, who they just asked, we, Can we be important? Can we sit on your right and your left? Have you called us to be the important ones to you, Jesus? So they walk in, and, and because of this object lesson, i I just think it's James and John, and Jesus sent on this assignment, and he says here, and this here's what he's going to do he's going to send them on ahead, and you know what they're thinking, you know, man, Jesus is sending us ahead to do something really important, man, maybe he will let us sit overall sit on his right his left Jesus is called. maybe we're going to cast out some demons maybe we're going to call down fire from heaven and burn down the whole Roman Empire or something maybe we're going to maybe he chose us because of our capacity and our, our experience and our leadership skills and here's what Jesus says for them to do he says go go down to that village over there and as soon as you enter it you'll see a donkey you think they're looking at each other Maybe they look a little like the skit guys. They're like, "What? There's a donkey that no one has ever ridden." He says, "Untie that donkey and bring it here. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say the Lord needs it and we'll return it soon." Wait a minute, Jesus. Um, We left everything to follow you. Where's our important assignment? Where's our big calling? Where we get visible recognition where people can see um, we're kind of a big deal? Where do we get some clout? You know, Where do we get a little attention? Where do we get some followers, Jesus? Where do we get some, some fame? Come on, Jesus. What are, you, what are you calling us, the donkey duty? And I know some of you are like fourth grade boys and you're laughing because I said donkey duty. I get it. And that's okay because I was fourth grade too and I get it. And I get it. And that is funny. But the disciples are about to learn. These two disciples are about to learn, and everyone around them, that the size of your assignment never determines the significance of your impact. The size of your assignment, what you deem is so big and so important or so small and so menial, that never determines the significance of your impact That very thing in that moment that God might be calling you to do, enabling you to do, inviting you to do, may not feel very important at the moment, but could be more significant than you could ever imagine. Just like a little shepherd boy who determined in the Old Testament that one very small stone could take out one very big giant. Just like a little boy in the New Testament who took his little Lunchable and gave it to Jesus... And Jesus took that, and seemed, it seems small and significant, but Jesus took that and multiplied it to serve over 5,000 men, women, and children. You are set apart by God. You're chosen. You are called by God. And whatever you do, even if it's donkey duty, duty, you do it with faithfulness. And you do it with passion. You do it with integrity. Because of who you are, you do it for the one who gave it to you. It's so much more about the who than it is about the do. These two disciples, these two guys may have had no idea that they delivered this donkey that carried Jesus to His calling. What do we recognize? You want to find your calling? What am I created to do? You start with the who. Be faithful to Jesus today. And when you're faithful, when you serve with integrity, when you love and when you live generously and when you die to yourself and you leverage your life to make Jesus known, when there's less of you and more of Him as we prayed this morning, when it's not about your name, your status, or making you visible and your importance, but it becomes all about the One who gave His life for you, who suffered, who, who, who gave His blood, shed His blood, gave His life, who rose again so that you could be forgiven, your sins washed away. You are filled with the very same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, empowered, created, uniquely shaped, set apart, the Scripture says, to live a holy life. Then when everything you do, you do for the glory of God, the Scripture said, we read it, you don't have to find your calling, your calling will find you. It sort of overtakes you. Something as seemingly meaningless as donkey duty. Something becomes meaningful when it's for the One who gave His life for you. What are you called to do? You're called to be a who before you're called adieu. You're called to become like Jesus, to be set apart and live a holy life. We don't live according to the same values that this world lives toward. And so one day you wake up and you recognize that there's someone in need and you're, you feel called to help that person in need. Because you're coming more like Christ, you'll find someone that is hurting and you'll stop and you'll listen to them. Maybe even pray for them. You might be called right now to love a spouse or someone in your family that's hard to love. You might be called to pray for a child that continues to run from God. You might be called by God to confess some sin in your life that's held you back and grieved your soul and believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can actually change you. You might have a lot of education and you know you could do so much more professionally and and, in the world, but right now you feel called to stay home and love those babies and take care of the house and love on those children. You might be called to fight for something in your life. You might be called to fight for your kids. You might be called to fight for your marriage when, when your spouse doesn't seem to have any fight at all. You might be called to build a business and you might say, well, that's not very spiritual, Pastor. Well, you know what? You know what? You're going to say, you know, it's incredibly spiritual because you don't let someone tell you because Jesus got pretty excited about somebody who had five talents and He multiplied them into ten talents. You might be in management or in a position of power and you're going to lead those people that are in char- you're in charge of with integrity, with honor and glorifying Christ in all you do, becoming more like Him. It starts with the who. It starts with the who. And who is it? It starts with who? You know what? You say, I'm a child of God who's been redeemed and forgiven by Jesus of more than you can ever imagine. I'm called to shepherd this church under the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. I'm called to lay down my life to serve my bride, and I'm called to disciple my children toward the goodness of Jesus. You and I are called to be like Jesus. There's a big part of me that that I need to be, that I need to like just spill it. There's a big part of me, and I'm not proud of it, and I know some of you can relate to it, so I'm just going to put it out there. There's a big part of me that, that likes to be important. Anybody? Anybody like to be wanted, important, like to be included in things? Ah, yeah, right. I want to do something important. I want to do something significant, and I want to, you know, I, I, I want you to, you know, I want to say, you know, yeah, man, they, they're, they, that's an important church. That's they do things. They lead the way. They, they set the, they set the tone for this district and this denomination. I want to be that church. I want us to be that church, and I want to have an important voice in the community and make a difference. But what I recognize is this: yes, I'm faithful to Jesus, but when I stand before Him one day. He's not going to say, Well done, my good and important servant. Right? What he may say, and I dream about this, is Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been called, set apart, chosen not to live a life that's all about you or to make yourself important in your comfort and your name and your desires, but a life that reflects the glory of God and who He is. Paul said, remember Paul said, I beg you, I urge you. Paul in his his gut was saying, with everything in me, I beg you. You're going out into the world to represent Christ. And I beg you, I urge you to live a life worthy of your calling. To glorify the one who gave it all for you. You're called by God. It's not a game. Church isn't like an add-on. Church isn't a supplement to your everyday life. It's not something you do where you just, you know, we're so used to these days, right now, in modern days, right now, you know, as the young kids say, in modern times, we're so used to and accustomed to and strive for taking in content, right? We take in content. So it's like, well, we take this content, or we watch this, or we listen to that. And let me just say a few words. I wasn't going to say this. It's not in my notes. This is a bonus. You don't have to pay for this. We take in content. And let me speak to the online audience for a moment. And maybe you can glean something from this too. But I'm going to talk to the online audience for a minute. How you doing? This is not your church. This is content. For you to consume and to get something out of. And to better your, your walk with Christ, we pray, plug, you, plug yourself in, if at all possible, to a church in your area. Church is not content. Church, if I could turn that camera around, I would. Church is the people here. Church is the gathering of the, the ecclesia. The gathering of the people to come in and get recharged and refilled to go out into the world and make a difference for Christ Church is about relationships and and walking through and doing life together. This is not just content. what we do on Sunday morning here is this much of what we do as a church as a whole Amen. This is not all church is is this message so folks this is not your Church, this may be some content that you can consume, and it's good. I pray it's good. We try to make it as good as we can through the through the through the things that we do and the technology that we have. But find a church, an ecclesia for you, a gathering of believers for you. Oh, pastor, it's just easier for me to. I know it's easier. That wasn't easy. I just can't get to it. I can't get my thing. And I know some of you, it's, it's different and it's, it's temporary and there are issues. I understand. But don't make this your regular practice of hearing from the Word of God. This is content, not church. Starts with a C, but it's not the same. Oh, I just can't. I'm, you know, I, I, it's just easier. And I, I just, you know what? The cross hurt too. The cross hurt too. Go to church. I don't I don't even care if it's this I do care. But if you live farther or you're out of from another state or another country and you're watching this and you say, "Well, I can't come to your church." I'm not asking you to come to my church. Go to an ecclesia that is near you and get plugged in and really have people join together and pray for you and care about you. But we, would be glad to have you. we would be glad to have you someone said if you didn't hear that. But go, physically go. This is content, not church. All right, back on track. We are called to reflect the glory of Jesus in all that we do. In every conversation and everywhere we go, we have been set apart, called out to live a holy life, set apart by God. What if you woke up and you just recognized, I've been called by God? Uniquely created, empowered, set aside to live this holy life, to become like Jesus, to make Him known. At the end of the day, your success will not be based on how important you look to anybody else. But your success would be based by the way you follow Jesus faithfully today. Success isn't accomplishing something big and significant out there in the future. Success is being faithful to Jesus in the day to day. Today, I want to read it to you again as we close this morning. Randy, you can make your way up if you would. I'll read it to you again. I really want you to feel it. When the Apostle Paul, unto the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says this. I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you. Beg you, hear this as if the Spirit of God is speaking to you this morning, because He is. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you, church, have been called by God. You've been called by God it's not so much about what you do he wants to deal with the who before the do no matter how menial you think it is God is calling you to live a holy life and then empowers you to live out that holy life in Ecclesia with other believers so that we might collectively Go out into the world and save the lost. That's the end game. And it takes all sorts of things to make that happen. It does. But first it takes God dealing with the who. The who. You're called to live a holy life. I can't live a holy life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you can in membership class, we, we try to touch on as many things as, of the nuts and bolts in the church of the Nazarene as we can so people know what they're joining. But toward the end of membership class, and it's not in any, uh, in any uh, instructional book on how to be a member or how to be a Nazarene, but we go over something called the covenant of Christian conduct and the code of Christian conduct. And we go through some things in Scripture about what God instructs us. How He instructs us to live a holy life. You're called by God to live a holy life. To be holy, it says. How do I do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And so before you ever go out and try to do something and try to accomplish something for God or try to start a ministry or start a thing or or do anything remember first of all you're called to live a holy life so Paul says I beg you, Paul knowing he's in prison, he's done he's done he's not going to meet uh, a great future because they've got him he's in prison they want to shut him up they want to shut him down But he continues to write these letters and they allow it. And he says, I beg you. Because Paul knows his life is almost done. His life is almost over. He needs to pass the torch, he needs to empower those that he's left out in the world outside of prison and sort of, it's you now. It's you now. Someone come up and grab this. It's you now. And he needs to pass the baton, pass the torch to the next generation. And he says, the only way you're going to do that, he says, please, I beg you, when you're representing Christ in the world, you've been called by God, but when you represent Him in the world, live a life, lead a life worthy of your calling to serve God. We don't look like the world looks. We don't act like the world acts. We don't worry like the world worries. We trust God. Live a life worthy of your calling. Pray before you post or don't post at all. Reach across, pray with someone at work. Don't get caught up by the water cooler. Is that are we still saying that? Don't get caught up with all the chatter. And caught up in the gossip and the, did you see what? Yeah, let's talk about it. Don't get caught up in that. Live a life worthy of your calling. Paul says, please, 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 Paul says, I beg you. Live a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. You're called by God to live a holy life live a life worthy of your calling you don't look like they do you don't talk like they do don't even let it slip don't get caught up you may look a little different you may feel a little different But Paul tells us in the end when he runs toward the prize, if you read that part of Scripture where he's running toward the prize and he's he's ran the race. I believe that Paul lived a life worthy of his calling. And when Jesus, when you meet him and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. In so many words he's saying, you have lived a life worthy of your calling. Enter my kingdom. Enter my kingdom. It's okay. Look different than the world. God will give you the strength you need. Can any saint say amen that God has given me the strength that I need day to day to to represent Him well in this world? Would you stand this morning as we're coming to a close? If you'd bow your heads this morning and really kind of look back into the, into the message and ask the Holy Spirit, what are You saying to me this morning? God, what have You said to me through Your Word? Not because of what the preacher said or what the song said or or anything else, but God, what are You actually saying to me, Holy Spirit? What have You revealed to me through this message, God? In my calling to live a holy life. In my calling to, to the who rather than the do. So, Father, speak to us today, I pray. And God, I ask that you would give us the honor, God, of doing whatever it is you call us to do. Yes, Lord, even if it's donkey duty, whatever it looks like for us, God. But instead of being obsessed over what or what you're calling or to do something, God, instead that you'd help us to be conformed into the image of Your Son, Jesus, to be set apart more like Him, God, to be called out from this world, to be set apart to do good works. First set apart, dealing with the who, and then to do good works. Father, help us to settle that in our spirit, that You have called us. And God, we do accept the fact that You have called us. Every one of us who is serving you, you've called us to a holy life. So Father, as as we're here this morning together, praying, Lord, as a family, we're seeking, Holy Spirit, what you have for us. We're seeking, Holy Spirit, how you have spoken to us this morning. Father, as we continue in this time of prayer together. I wonder if there are those of us that are gathered here this morning. As our head is bowed and eyes are closed and nobody's looking around all judgy and out of the side of their eye or nothing like that. But I wonder if there's those gathered this morning that are receiving what God has for you this morning and saying, yeah, you know what I believe that I am called to live this holy life. I haven't so far but I am ready to surrender this morning and I'm ready to submit to God this morning and live a holy life. life you say you maybe say pastor, my life has looked a little bit too much like the world. And you say this morning the Holy Spirit has spoken to me. To really strive to live a life worthy of my calling. And I have been called by God. Maybe your life hasn't looked like a life that's worthy of your calling up until this moment. But the good news this morning is that you can change. You can make a decision to follow Christ and to try to please Him every day of your life. And you'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. You're not out there on an island on your own trying to do it on your own. Would you be honest before God and before me this morning? As nobody else is looking around, as I look around this room and you say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. My life has looked a little bit too much like the world and I need it to look more like the worthiness of the calling that's in my that I have on my life from God. And if that's you this morning that says, I want my life to reflect Jesus and not me, then I would ask that you just slip your hand up and I'll lift you in prayer this morning. I'll pray for you. We'll consecrate you to the Lord and ask for His help together. We won't leave you out there on an island. You say, my life looked a little bit too much like the world and I'm ready to have it look more like the calling that is on my life. I don't want to be caught up in the things of this world. I want to be transformed by God. One more time, I look from my left to my right and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm changing my life, changing my ways this morning to be more like Christ. Just slip your hand up say, that's me. Father, all hearts and minds are clear this morning. If there's anyone, Lord, that was a little too shy or held back just a little bit Father I pray that you would minister to them and that your Holy Spirit Lord would empower them and give them the strength and the power and the words and the, and the, and the wherewithal that they need to go out into this world wherever they work wherever they live wherever they play and Lord to make a stand for you to look different than the world and really live that holy life that projects to the world that you are living a life worthy of your calling transforming us to be who you want us to be Father we thank you for meeting us here this morning now as we leave this place Lord may we not depart from your presence and may we not be the same when we leave here as when we came in that we have been transformed by the Holy Spirit filled afresh and new as we prayed we give you all the glory and all the credit And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus, and it's for His sake. And everyone agreed, saying amen.